Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. We're all gathered here today to listen to a dwarf cast by Ganymede and Titan. Start the tape, please, Holly. Hello and welcome to the last live Ganymede and Titan almost instant reaction dwarf cast for series 12 in which we'll be discussing episode 6, Skipper. Over the next hour and a half we'll be telling you whether we thought this episode was better or worse than the ones that we've left behind, showing off our small points and looking back on the series as a whole. Plus, most excitingly of all, an exclusive interview with the one and only Mac McDonald! Woo! Oh, we've peaked. Uh, quite literally and metaphorically. <laughs> uh, now, if you hadn't noticed from the fact that I've just mentioned Mac McDonald, this dwarf cast contains spoilers for Skipper. So, if you don't want to know the scores, look away now. As for everyone else, we'll be looking at your comments throughout the show, so please do get in touch via the live chat on our Spreaker page, or by tweeting us at Ganymede Titan. I'm Ian Symes, and on this very special occasion, we have a series high of four GNTers all in the room at the same time. Uh, please welcome John Hoare. Hello there. Tanya Jones. Hello. And Danny Stevenson. Hello. Plus, we've got a much-loved returning guest star of our own, Joe Sharples of the official Red Dwarf fan club. Hello. <laughs> I originally wrote that introduction for someone else, but they couldn't make it, so uh, Joe inherited the nice introduction. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take my compliments from Ian where I can. <laughs> so... Uh, there's not really much to talk about this week, is there? It's just a fairly bit, standard episode. Of... Bit samey. Bits, a bit of who? <laughs> bit of Amy. <laughs> samey. Bit samey. Uh, no, who who has a brief a brief thought to kick us off? Danny, you're in the room for the first time. What did you think of the episode? Um, it and speak up f- a bit because you're quite far away. It made me feel very, very nostalgic. Like it was such a trip, almost like a trip down, just like a really nice trip down memory lane in a number of different ways. Um, I mean, as, as in terms of the last episode of a series, I mean, I, I can't really ask for more than what I got. Really, it did feel very much like a, a closure if there was ever going to be one. Mm. So that's that's it. Just it felt nice. It felt you know. And this is the one I went to go see and recorded as well. So it was it was weird to see it sort of finished. Yeah. But um, it did feel like a different episode on view on broadcast than it did when we go see the recording. So. Uh, Joe, you were at the recording as well, weren't you? I was, yes. Uh, what, what did you make of the episode, both then and now? Um, I Well, I really liked the recording, um, but obviously I wasn't sure how it was going to come out, and I'm really happy with the episode. Um, I, it's definitely my favourite of this series, and so yeah, similar similar uh, things to Danny, really. It's just really nostalgic. Like I like a lot of the callbacks. Um, and it just felt like a really nice, like, coming back to an old friend yeah. kind of an episode. Uh, Tanya, you're, you're next physically, so you might as well go next in this. Uh, there were lots of really nice lines and good gags. Um, I felt as a whole it didn't quite 
land or didn't, didn't touch the places I, I wanted to be touched. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> John? Um, I had a really clever, pithy comment or quote that was, um, by its own low standards, it has acquitted itself, but uh, <laughs> but um, it could have been so much more. But I don't think that's accurate, partly because that seems to indicate I'm really, really down on the episode in terms of um, low standards. I don't necessarily think that. But also, I don't think it acquits itself at the end. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think I can interpret that as mixed feelings. <laughs> very, very mixed feelings. I. It's difficult. Yeah, I, I liked where it started. I didn't really like where it ended. I thought it was kind of three really interesting potential scenarios. I think this is an episode that, linking into what you've been saying in the last week about MCOR, John, mm-hmm. uh, I think this could have been longer. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, if it was a 45 minute episode in, a, in an hour long slot which is the kind of thing we've been talking about as a potential because um, you've got the stuff at the start where they make decisions and then the opposite thing happens uh, and then you've got Rimo taking the various trips through the dimensions and then that dimension that he lands on at the end I think that could have really been expanded and, and got to you know they could have done spent much longer in that exploring that world and, and doing more. But I guess we'll get to that uh, because we are quite aptly skipping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, I just find that genuinely funny and everyone else didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, should we sort of recap what happened? <laughs> because, well, last week we were talking about how that there was a lot to fit in based on what we'd seen from trailers and title sequences that wasn't yet in the episode. Uh, so it might end up being a bit sketchy mm. and possi- possibly a bit disjointed. I think it was sketchy, but I think it was good. Mm. <laughs> I think um, that basically the first part of the episode, uh, the the making decisions and the opposite thing happening, it was just layer upon layer of joke. It was just, it was a kind of relentless pace where... I've seen people criticise it for being a bit repetitive and that uh, there was a lot of iterations of the same gag. But I enjoyed all the iterations. I kind of <laughs> didn't mind. There was a relentless pace to it that just kept on I kept on going. When it was when it was the cat being the one that was being foiled every time, that got a little bit sort mm. of re- repetitive. But when they started to play with like, when Lister doing it and it was unexpected when Lister started to say, oh, I'm not going to eat that breakfast. And you can just see... <laughs> yes. <laughs> That took me completely by surprise. And I'd forgotten about it on the second viewing as well. I'd forgotten <laughs> it was that quick. Yeah. And then Crichton's one later on, which was just the, the timing of the... I really like speed cuts of things sometimes. They they really do sometimes. You can get so much comedy out of just a really quick cut. And that's and they use that quite well in, in, in some instances on that episode. So. Yeah. It felt to me like almost a deconstruction of the bicycle gag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we all know... What the bicycle gag is that you won't get me on this bicycle and then cut to someone riding a bicycle. And it's just an excuse to do so many of those compressed and such a short, short space of time. Uh yes, so I, I, I was on and board. Actually with that. sort of like actually make a sci fi plot that makes a bicycle jerk a physical thing in the world. Yeah. 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 Real life Yeah, the, I think you're right that the breakfast listery and the breakfast was one of the most successful ones for me because Unlike all the others, he it wasn't as if he was making a decision. It, like, it wasn't played as in, ah, I'm definitely going to do this, and then the opposite happens. It was yeah. just kind of tossed up, oh, I'm not going to yeah. eat that. 
And then he was. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the um, tidy my bunk with Lister sitting in front of the bunk. Then it cuts to Cat saying, I'm not going to tidy your bunk. Then it cuts back to Lister. Exactly the same shot with Lister sitting in front of the bunk <laughs> with Cat in the background. <laughs> that was a really lovely bit of directing. And I think um, Crichton calling Lister and Cat to the drive room. Yes. <laughs> the that, bing bong. Good. <laughs> that, that gets a laugh out of me because like, the sound really sells that one for me. Like The, the whole sort of the immediacy of it. Just, it's just so unexpected. And it's just... It, the, the way it's just... So loud as well, mm. across the whole ship. It's like, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it properly. <laughs> well, it's the second week in a row that um, the series has reminded me of Back in the Red. Uh, oh but in a, <laughs> actually in a positive way. Okay. In that um, this is very much um, the um, uh, editing of the footage in AR from Back in the Red 3. Yeah. The uh, colour both is with the blunt life and the bananas and all that oh, and all yeah, the jump cuts. Yeah. But again, I think it was... Better done, which comes back to what I was saying last week about MCOR, where they took uh, the end of MCOR, the very end of MCOR, was taking material from Back in the Red, but doing it properly. Mm. And this felt, again, a, a, a better version of what they were doing there. So, that, yeah, it, this is the episode as a whole, to obviously, <laughs> tied into a lot of continuity-based things uh, as well, but... Uh, Obviously, we'll get onto some of those things a bit later on. But I found it interesting that there were times where it didn't adhere to continuity in way in places where you might expect it to. Uh, so at the beginning, where they're reading uh, the confidential files, uh, there was no reference to the fact that we'd we'd already done that joke, really. Yeah, but did you notice the font of, on Red Dwarf on the confidential yes. files yes. is what we saw on the clipboards throughout series one? Yeah. yeah. So there is this weird thing. Yeah, there's there's. There's sometimes not that much acknowledgement of where the show is lifting various things. So yeah. there was that, and again, obviously, well, I find it fascinating. The show doesn't acknowledge in any way Dimension Jump. Yes. yes. Nowhere. That, it, that's it, my that's, main issue. Yeah, one for me where it almost becomes a, a problem rather than just a curious thing. Like Obviously, it's not a problem that they don't reference the fact that that kind of joke happened in, in Balance of Power or Waiting for God, whichever yeah. one it was. But yeah, the fact when there's dialogue about how Rimmer's trying to find a version of himself that's not a loser in some universe, and they all say no, there's infinite universes and it won't be enough. But they've yeah. met, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's they've met Rimmer, <laughs> and it's weird because of course this is a reverse dimension jump. It's not another Rimmer jumping into our universe. It's yeah. our Rimmer jumping into another universe, and that. That is fine, and that means I don't think there's a problem revisiting the idea because it's done differently. Mm. It just, I think we needed a bit of acknowledgement, exactly like Samsara acknowledged Justice World. Yes, it just needed a couple of lines there. Yeah, especially when they they've been acknowledging so many other back references. Yeah. It's yeah. odd that they didn't they didn't mention Ace. It kind of feels like they're just trying to avoid it, which isn't. And, but do you think that perhaps the fact that it was called Skipper? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Was this an intentional thing to make it a reference to something that's said in Dimension Jump to put Dimension Jump in our minds? Is it a trolling thing where <laughs> we think it was it designed to make us think Ace was coming back? Especially as one of the new T-shirts that they released is a yeah. re-release of the Ace Rimmer T-shirt. So there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, is Ace going to be back in the new series?" Because we've got this re-release of that T-shirt. The episode's called Skipper. Yes. It's talking about like jumping into different dimensions, timelines. <laughs> it, it's all this. It's just odd that they didn't mention it. I, I do have I this do hor- feel horrible feeling that maybe I'm just not giving the, the, the 
Red Dwarf enough credit, and they're, they're <laughs> deliberately trolling. I'm kind of admi- <laughs> I kind of admire that. Well, the the original title, as revealed on the series eleven uh, Blu-ray, was Star Knot. And I've watched the episode looking out for references to Star Knot, and I get what is what is a bloody Star Knot? What the hell is a Star Knot? <laughs> <laughs> there was no Star Knot. I think that's just what they were referring to the the sort of skipping as I think I don't know. Well, yeah, the know. phenomenon that Crichton mentions then gets told off for mentioning and using poncy words to mention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't but they didn't they didn't name it as being a star knot, but I, presumably it was. I don't think in the recording it was ever referred to as a star knot. I'm willing to remember. be proved wrong, but I don't remember the star knot being never mentioned as a thing. But then again, it was. Nearly a year and a half ago, that I actually saw that thing. Yes, the time, so. yeah. and there's a lot of this episode that I hadn't remembered, even though it was shown in front of us. Such as, oh, um, it doesn't matter if we skip ahead. Okay, it... well, <laughs> the, the one, the one scene that was like always in my mind, and I was worried about it as to how it was going to come across, is the um, the rat. The rat, obviously. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Mister Rat. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Rat, Mr. Rat is clearly amazing. Can I just say? Well, He's one on. of my favourite parts let's of the do, episode. Let's do Mr. Rat. <laughs> let's do Mr. Rat. What did you make of yeah. Mr. Rat? I thought Mr. Rat was fucking hilarious. Hell yeah! And and what I loved about it and uh, is it's so wrong. Yes, it's so so wrong. All the ingredients are wrong, yeah. and that's what I love about it. It's like um, Rimmer's wandered into a universe. Where oh everything's fine everything's nice and then something so unred dwarvian happens yes and I feel that that's the joke I don't think yeah. I don't think that um cat walk um Danny Jundrell's walking in in like rap makeup would sell the wrongness no the the, the joke is it's just horrible yeah, because it has otherwise to be bizarre if everything else in the universe was perfect then that wouldn't be enough of a problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and, it's the creepy giant rat is the thing and again i, I what the other thing i love about it is I, you know when one of my constant um refrains when watching red dwarf is oh i saw that joke coming i saw that joke coming that's an older da, 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 da. but the the way rat um <laughs> doled out the dialogue is not a way I can figure out how they thought that would work. (laughs) I can't figure out what the thought process was. All I know is it was amazing. (laughs) All um, the ingredients are wrong, but um, it is It's just in isolation as well. He just comes in the room and says, <laughs> Hey, Credits, where my dinner at? And, there's, and there's, a, there's, there's a beautiful physicality to it where they're all sitting at the table and they're having, at least trying to have a normal conversation. And there's this huge rat's head yeah, that keeps looming thing. into like, their eye line, going from side to side. I it's it. beautiful. It's, it's, it's so really it, good. It reminds me of a fevered dream. And also, it reminds me of uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. The tiger. With the tiger, and he just keep looking at the person who's talking, just turning his head, and it's that sort of thing where the, the rat's head is so huge, yeah. The weight to it, it's like, yeah. What are you saying? Whoom. What are you saying? And it's just creepy, but it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it is. And I'll, I'll mention this before it goes away. Um, Renegade Rob 
says the tail gong is the best thing ever in existence. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when that happened on the night, I nearly folded in half. <laughs> it was the funny. It was such an unexpected thing. He just like da 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 da, boom. It is just amazing. I, I just love that love so much. I love the little wiggles as well when he walks. <laughs> it's really good. How can you not like it? I was fantastic. So I thought it was bizarre. That's all. I wasn't a hundred percent sure at first that it was Danny. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, because I wasn't. the voice is. Is it? It's basically a Charles Organ's impression that, like, an exaggerated Charles Organ. Yeah. Don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's bizarre. It's two things that it reminds me of. One is the uh, people have said this on G and T. Uh, so when Seb listens to this, he'll say that I'm stealing his point uh, because he mentioned this on G and T. The American Book Club cover of yeah. Infinity. Oh yeah. Uh, which was clearly drawn by someone who hadn't watched the show, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, they were interpreting it from the book, um, and they drew the cat as a as a giant cat. I wish that was part of the part of the reason. Why that's uh, the reason. It's quite an obscure thing, to be fair. But the other thing it reminded me of was the Red Dwarf role playing book, uh, where within the within the RPG there were various different alternative humanoid animals. So if it wasn't a cat, uh, what would it have been? And rats and mice were part of it, but they were they were humanoid. They weren't like this. <laughs> Uh, and it also it just reminded me gave me the the thing about the iguanas, which is really really racist. Oh uh, man! If you, if you, so if you've got a copy of the RPG, uh, read that <laughs> because that. But this this episode was fine though. <laughs> Let's just clarify that. And then the the weird creepy bit when he's like, "Oh, I I got to, I got to bed with Lister," and he's like, yes. "If he was a small rat, that wouldn't seem weird. <laughs> like, it's like a seven foot rat." It's so warm and snuggly. It's just like that whole thing is just like, holy shit, that's a really weird image. Well, actually, finally, Red Dwarf 12's got as weird as we thought it might do with that scene. Yeah. And I'm completely on board with it. And yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, there's this whole section of of Rimmer visiting various universes. I think that's. So, is again. I apologise to whoever it was that said this on GNT. I can't remember who you are, but it really, really made me laugh earlier. The, the premise of this episode is um, Jaws C.V. McDear's uh, forum threads, where it's just... <laughs> what would happen? What would happen if, instead of a cat, Lister smuggled a rat on board? How would it have affected the dynamics? <laughs> <laughs> but in episode form, what if uh, Rimmer was... What if Lister had found the drive plates and became captain? How would that have affected Rimmer? <laughs> so, yeah. All those various scenarios... Uh, the blue red dwarf. <laughs> well, yeah. Can I bring up the uh, the model shots yes, of our yeah. old red dwarf? I think they made a mistake there, and I think the mistake they made was we see it twice, and we should have seen it once. Yes, it's uh, weird, isn't it? Cause the first time you see it, it's it's in a montage of yeah. things that he's going, nope, nope, Alternate. nope. Yeah. And that's a funny gag. Or having it when he's gone to the universe where everything's lovely, having it there it also works. Yeah. But having it both times. It's confusing because you kind of think that he's gone back to that universe just to see what that one was like again. Yeah. Like he's sort of gone, he's gone in and gone, okay, one, two, three, two. And right. it has no impact second time around at all because no, we've already it does, seen it. Well, I don't know because I wonder if that's timeline based because the, obviously the way the set dressing and everything is of that era, therefore that's the dwarf that would have been for, for all the costumes and all the sets and all that kind of stuff. That would have been. I think they should have dropped. They should have dropped it from the montage. Then. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. 
because it was because confu- apart from anything else, it's on for a really short space of time. So you kind of go, oh, hang on, that's an old model shot. Oh no, well, it's it was, gone. That was the thing. Yeah, I remember watching, it, and because I'm so used to seeing the old Red Dwarf model shots and stuff, I never actually thought about the fact that this is in a new episode of Red Dwarf. It's yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I was like, ah, oh, that's an old model. What the <laughs> fuck? Like, they've actually got bothered again. I wonder if old have, footage and I wonder if they'd have had to pay the BBC to use that shot. Well, looks like they've rescanned it because yeah. it looked of the model shot was beautiful. It didn't it? Yeah, it yeah, looked, it looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. As did all the sets. Because um, oh, yeah, so in the earlier scene, which we'll like, we are we are very much skipping around, but though I guess <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but the every time I say skipping, John laughs. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, so earlier, when it was the Holly in the Hollister bit, uh, which we'll talk about more later, the um, the set was the normal set with sort of grey tones to it. So it was evoking the old sets without being a direct thing, and that's what I thought we were getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said as much when we first saw that in the the trailer, uh, which previewed the first bits of Holly dialogue. Um, but then later on in the episode, <laughs> they bring they recreate two of the sets from the original and and great reconstructions as well. Obviously, not one hundred percent identical, but they get enough of the details absolutely spot on and the gist right to make you to make it feel completely right like completely sells it so much it, better than the series 8 bunk room recreation yes. like ridiculously better and and much like the series 8 one only on screen for a really tiny amount of yeah. time yeah. it gets all that effort yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the captain's office uh, reconstruction because that's not an obvious set yeah. to reconstruct well, it was the version that we saw was actually seemed bigger than the one in the end. The, in the end, it was attached, like, like tagged covered. onto the drive room. It was yeah. just a tiny space, but this was a proper full size. And yet not as big as the one in Stasis League, which was a completely different captain's office. The only thing is, as soon as we skipped into that universe, we should have gone video look. Oh. <laughs> that would have... That, oh. You've ruined it now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. We, we could have done a thing during the model shot where it, um, where pillar boxes came <laughs> in and the the picture squashed from sixteen nine to four three. Yeah. Oh man. Sorry. Okay, so we'll do a fan edit. <laughs> <coughs> and then yeah, so yeah, that universe. That's the one that I think that they could have really gone to town on exploring, and set up. A potential scenario where you, you could think maybe Rimmer would stay here. Like, obviously, you know, he won't because it's a sitcom and he's going to go back to how it was. But as this is the last episode that's, you know, currently confirmed, we don't, there's no confirmation that there's going to be any more episodes after this, even though we think there probably will be. It's, uh, it's one of those where it, it, it could have been a real future armory type ending. Yeah, I, it, it, this is, the bit that I'm really unhappy with and it's up to that point everything is going great and then the problem is not only that we don't spend enough time there but for me when we get to the end of the episode the emotional core of the episode is um, Lister can't deal, sorry Rimmer can't deal with Lister being his superior and doing Mm. better so we go back to our Red Dwarf and that's fine and I don't feel anything because we don't spend enough time setting it up. I'm not sure if it's a deep enough idea at this point uh, when we've been with the characters for this long, because it's like, yeah, of course Rimmer would feel that, but that's quite flat. It's just that. There's nothing else there. And the problem is it then ties back into... Because I haven't necessarily got a problem with the middle bit of the um, episode being very sketchy, but 
it's very unbalanced now. So we have the first half of the episode, then we have nearly all of it where it's very, very sketchy. Then it just, he goes back and that's it. Mm. And I find it really unsatisfying. And the reason why I'm so annoyed by it is I would have felt all the um, fan service that we got so much more if we'd also had a satisfying through line for Rimmer. But I didn't feel it. So I'm kind of sitting there at the end going, well, I don't care about all these recreations as much as I wish I did because I don't feel the episode quite got to the point it needed to with everything else. Mm. So I came out of it really disappointed and I'm kind of annoyed because up to that point I was really excited and I do think it would have made a lovely hour-long 30th anniversary. Well, yeah, people have been saying that if if this is what they'd have done for Back to Earth, mm. I mean, Pete Martin said... If Back to Earth was this idea, he would have been moaning about Back to Earth for so long. I liked Back to Earth, <laughs> uh, as did Joe and Danny, I think. Uh, we'll, skip, we'll skip over you two. But, um, but yeah, it was a very much an... It felt like an anniversary. It felt like a special thing, yeah. a special occasion. It would have, yeah, a good anniversary type thing. But, yeah, I, I find myself in a similar position uh, to how I was in with Siliconia, where I agree with the criticisms, but they don't spoil it for me because I what's there I enjoy so much and I laughed probably out loud on this one more than possibly any of those that might be because Danny was in the room and he has a very infectious laugh (laughs) (laughs) but it was yeah it was a a, a funnier episode more laugh out loud episode than any other than perhaps Encore the last few really have had the most laugh out loud moments for me I mean it's worth remembering even I have to acknowledge that um the way everything was back in 2009, no way could Red Dwarf have made the episode that we just yes. saw. Um, I don't think the show was in the right position. The budget wasn't in the right position. I don't really think the people behind the show were even in the right position in terms of this show shows quite a lot of confidence. Mm. And that confidence comes from having been on air and making 17 <laughs> episodes. This being the 12th of, of what was essentially one big run of 12. Yeah. So I, I don't think you get to come back after 10 years and make the episode you just saw. I don't think it was achievable in 2000. I guess, yeah, the fact that largely up until Series 12, really, um, the the sort of fan service moments have been at an absolute minimum uh, in the Dave era. Um, but yeah, Back to Earth being an anniversary special, there's obviously bits in there, but Series 10 and 11 were all very much their own thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe you needed to have done that before you get to before you earn the kind of the kind of extreme fan service that's happened with with two episodes in a row two scenes from the very first episode being recreated yeah and actually i do think retrospectively that is a problem with the end of encore because i if you're going to spend a long time in this episode doing the fan service stuff we don't need the recreation last episode that would have been better off happening sometime in series 11 um, I'm just... Well, I think you can you look a gift horse in the mouth a bit. Because I enjoyed... I'm very good at that. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed both of those things, and I wouldn't want to drop either of them. I wouldn't, but I don't think they uh, work two episodes in a row. Well, maybe if MCOR was episode three and Timeway was episode five... That would be better. Then that would be fine, because there'd be more of a gap between those moments. <laughs> that would have been better. As it, as it is, episode four, five, and six all have big moments like that because episode yeah. 4 has talkie as well do you know what though talkie I've got less of a problem with it's not the fact it's a callback it's the fact that 
Well, I suppose Talkie was a... Well, it depends what you mean, because you're talking about recreations here. Mm. Talkie wasn't a recreation, oddly. Talkie was just bringing something back. Whereas what you're doing is recreating a very specific Series 1 vibe. Mm. Two episodes in a row, and I think that's a problem. Okay. Um, so, while we're on the subject, so David Ross was the first big returning guest star of the series, and this one gave us two more. Uh, should we talk about Norman Lovett? Yep. Yes. He got some funny dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, impressed. So, in isolation, what did you think of Everyone's Alive, Arnold, or Nobody's Dead? I'm going to give my opinion on this. <laughs> Stop after the first. Yeah. Um, nobody's Dead, Arnold. If you have to go to a second, whatever, fine. Everything after that was such a waste of time and just it, ruined the initial yeah, joke. I did think it, it went on a bit, but I liked it as a yeah. whole. Because yeah. it, I mean... There was a reason that it went on. Yeah. In that it was recreating that whole scene again. Mm. I've seen and it though. <laughs> um, I, I thought Norman's delivery was a bit flat. I think Hattie would have been better, but then I would always say that. <laughs> well, this is going to be one of my small points later, was we're in an episode where um, Rimmer can jump to various different timelines and there's various things all kinds of things can be happening there's rat people, Holly's back why wasn't Hattie back? Yeah, this is a very good point this is like I really really enjoy the episode but I am here to pick holes in it (laughs) (laughs) and I love Hattie and that would have been just the perfect way to keep everybody happy that he jumps to another world and Hattie's on the screen that's really nice because before we knew the nature of Holly's return you know it was one of those things where it's been an assumption for years that if you bring Holly back it can only be one of them you'd have to have a damn good reason to have both of them and this was a damn good reason Yeah, Yeah. anything could have happened in this episode absolutely anything could have happened there's no worries about continuity or anything because everything <laughs> is in an alternate universe and from 10 minutes well from 10 like, minutes in exactly. yeah and it wouldn't have even have had to be she wouldn't have even had to do much or like all they like maybe in like where they had mr rat they had her in on the screen in the background they wouldn't have even had to acknowledge it particularly mm. but that she'd been there and been part of it and i i feel a little bit robbed yeah that she wasn't there when it's like we're saying it's kind of like a celebration of the show, like 30th anniversary, I know that's probably not what it was meant to be, mm. but like that's what it feels like, and I sort of feel like that's what it's missing from it. Yeah, I agree. And also, there's a really weird thing that that first universe is the same universe, but the radiation leak happens a little late. No, or... I think it's just that Rimmer has skipped to a point just before the radiation leak. I think that's all it is. So it's time and it's different. That's yes, it's a little say. funky. Well, yeah. yeah, well, but you have to assume <laughs> that because in the in the last universe, that was him having a chance to go home was the point of that scene. It's like he could have been because they were they were around Earth and everyone was still alive. So much like with um, with dimension jump, actually, Ace jumps dimensions and he also jumps three million years. Yeah, because yeah, Ace is Ace true. is coming from our own time. True. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Talking of that radiation leak scene, what the fuck was going on with that escape pod window? There was no glass in the escape no pod glass. window. He would have died and in yeah. the instant he escaped. <laughs> well, uh, Dennis the Donut Boy doesn't know about escape pods. That's, <laughs> that's what we need to remember. Um, so, uh, no, uh, well, yeah, just on the subject of Norman, there was... Uh, oh, I fucking can't remember what I was going to say about Norman. <laughs> I was like... 
We've had an up and down relationship with yes. Jordan, <laughs> haven't we? Really, but I was happy to see him back. I remembered I was going to praise something. Something that he delivered quite well was the. Um, oh, hold on a minute! I just need to make an announcement. Radiation leak alert. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, the sound effect Old from sound series effects. one as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good. Happy. I did enjoy that. Even yeah. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, yeah, we see chaos in shoes, and and Captain Hollister's there in his in his see through escape pod. Well, that's probably why it didn't work. That's probably why the pod jammed. Because <laughs> there was no gas. <laughs> yeah. Okay, justified. <laughs> Um, I like that oh. Wimmer doesn't mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James has just said exactly that. <laughs> Lack of window was what caused it to jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. Enjo- I did. In I mean, <laughs> was Doug watching all the stuff about the Concordia when he was writing that episode? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I like that scene. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah, it was. It was more like. Uh, I think we were just saying before on it, it was more Dennis the Donut Boy than it was Captain Hollister, but that's kind of... If you're going to be kind of objective and look back at Red Dwarf series 1 to 8 as a whole, then he was Dennis the Donut Boy for longer than he was Captain Hollister. I mean, I don't don't have a problem with Matt McDonald in 8. I think there's some funny stuff there. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm very happy with that. There was one fat joke, but people are uh, arguing about whether it was a fat joke. When he said, um, it's only a four-person, it's only a four-seater, so there's only room for me. I think, <laughs> I think that is a fat joke, I think it? I think it's both. It's a fat joke <laughs> and it's him coming up with a bad excuse for not letting Rimmer in. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's just, it's, oh, sorry, uh, it's only a four-seater. I think it works on two levels. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the radiation leak and, and he jumps about. This is it's really confusing to go through the episode because we've, we've been jumping around all over. It, it's a really horrible moment where we just focus in on Hollister just as yes, these explosions that, I, hitting it's him. It's quite dark. That was it one is. of my small points. It, yeah. You see Hollister die. It's <laughs> horrible. Yeah. It's the first time we've seen, well, we've seen Rimmer die from a distance, like getting yeah. blown up by a thing. You know, we've seen people die in a comedy way before on Red yeah. Dog before. But if the nuclear explosion hits him in the face and he yeah. burns. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to Rimmer. It's, it's yeah. really so you, know, that's the, you just saw what but happened to Rimmer. In crucially, place. it happened off screen before. Yeah. <laughs> you actually do see sort of well, his face through the fire as well, which is yeah. Yeah, a bit crazy. Now you see a little more in me squared on the video yeah. with the nuclear explosion. But no, this was harsher. This was more <laughs> yeah. unpleasant. It did feel like an actual genuine threat rather than just, you know, just some wind. Which it. actually, is, it, the episode did need, and I wish we had a little more of that, that if you're going to do the sketch-based middle part, you do need some stakes. <laughs> I've always wanted to... Well, and so does Hollister. He needs some stakes as well. Hey. <laughs> well, not, not that I've always wanted to see that happen on ship, but I've always liked to see that that area of the history of the show kind of played out in a way, but it's way too serious to kind of do in a comedy way. And I just think, you know, if they're going to do it, that's the only way to do it. Just do it, you know, get the, get the explosion happen and that's it. And that's, that's all you're ever going to see of that, of that, um, of that explosion. But yeah, it's kind of terrifying when you realize that happened the entire ship. So, yeah. Awful. Right, yeah, and the people running around in panic. It was really unpleasant. <laughs> well, it's Holly's fault. He told them to. Yeah. <laughs> people that we've never seen before <laughs> and all wearing, uh, quite like, we don't see anyone really. I think it was about four or five people running in a loop. <laughs> because we don't really see them very much. In that universe, there was no, uh, you know, 
in that universe, none of the other uh, characters from the old series could come back. Yeah. Um, there was some stuff as well. Like, obviously, there's a lot of continuity that tied into the older series, obviously. Uh, I think you can see some... Um, it's potentially some things have been seeded throughout series 12 or that, that you know they're very neat back references from Doug um, I never expected something from Time Wave to turn up in the finale <laughs> Helium 7 yeah. that was in the universe where Lister's oh. captain yeah, he says that. he got rich because uh, he got shares in JMC and then they found a bunch of Helium 7 holy shit and so having established three episodes ago that that's the most valuable thing in the universe that's a, a kind of a callback I had, I had a completely that's a, a self callback that's quite good and then right at the end the, is the fact that they're all playing poker. They're all sat around playing poker. That's how the series started. Ah. That's how Cured starts with everyone sitting around playing poker. And the series yeah. ends with Rimmer pushing Crichton out of the way so he can get back in the chair that he's sitting in in the opening scene in but Cured. Cured yeah. wasn't supposed to be the first no. episode, was it? <laughs> no, yeah, it was I shot was fourth. Uh, was it fourth? But it was not first anyway. It got moved up into first. And so perhaps... perhaps <laughs> It would be in a bit of an extreme thing to do to make that happen. Maybe that's why it was bumped into first, because it's quite a good episode and it's got that symmetry. And of course you've got symmetry. Um, uh, the Next Generation ended with a poker scene. And we know Doug's a fan of Next Generation. I don't think uh, Data in Star Trek would have existed if it wasn't. No, of course. <laughs> um, whilst we're talking about back references, yes. um, and apologies if I'm nicking someone's small point, uh, but here's uh, something that I want to query. Crichton mentions he salvaged the skipper from the quantum research station we visited last month. Yep. Yes. Right. So is this the station in Entangled? No. No. It's Trojan. Trojan? The quantum stuff Ah, Entangled the quantum stuff that comes from, comes Trojan. from Trojan. All right, all right, all right, fine. So, we've so, got to assume is, that... so is this one of the scripts that was dropped... Or for just series ten, something that happened off-screen in between adventures, like the pan-dimensional beast, liquid Mogadon beast from the Mogadon cluster. But it's a very specific. It is reference, and like when they said, yeah, it's it's almost to the day that we flushed Lister's guitar out earlier on in the series as a, as linking it into something that we've seen. It could perhaps have been, if you know, if they've done this much tie-up with the poker scene and the helium seven and anything, it, it could have. It could have been like in Rimmerworld where they go and see the ship from Gunman again. It could have, it could have been one of those, oh, do you remember this from last week or it's week just, before? It it's, just seems weird that in Series 10 we were getting references to that station for yeah. stuff in Trojan. It actually makes even more sense than I remember now you say that. that we kept having references from stuff in Trojan, which stopped with the fifth episode. Mm. But all of a sudden we've picked up Trojan again in this episode. It just feels to me like, was this potentially an idea they were considering doing in Series 5? And if it is, skipping between Series 10, sorry, (laughs) Series 10, and if it is, is this how Kachansky was supposed to come back? No, I, 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 well, because the Trojan thing was meant to, was meant to tie up at the end of 10, wasn't it? It The idea was the Trojan was meant to have something on it that was going to attack the the crew Mm -hmm. in the last episode like a Trojan horse. Yeah. So that was the whole point of it being called Trojan. That whole that whole thing yeah, yeah. dropped because of the location budget and all that stuff. But this but could the be the fifth actually, episode. But the fact they actually brought it back and created an arc out of the entire three series of the Dave era. 
I'm not including Back to Earth, but you can basically you've got an entire thing now that completely umbrellas the entire thing. But it was more than a month ago. I think oh, this is this is the other thing. It's more than a month ago. It just feels like an episode five of ten to me. Did he actually say a month ago, or did he say a few months? ago? I think he said a month ago. I, I think I wrote it down as a really? as a small point, which John stole again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought he said a few months ago. But I will have to I check. Could right. be I either way, he said a month. Either way, I think it's longer than that since Trojan. Yeah. But I don't think they're specifically talking about Trojan. That's though, so. the point oh, that I'm trying yeah. to make. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is Trojan. I think it's no. just an unseen event that yeah. happened but in between a, episodes. But it's a very specific it's description. Quantum. quantum. Yeah. I'm not convinced. I think it's just to make the link between this episode and Quantum Leap. <laughs> 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 because it was that is essentially the thing. And it's like, uh, it's how to think about... People have been pondering how exactly it works that Rimmer's jumping from dimension to dimension but he never meets another Rimmer I think the way to think about it is it means that he becomes the Rimmer in the other universe Yes. in the same way that Sam Beckett becomes whoever he jumps into temporarily I think that's in the episode actually yeah. I, think that's I don't think that's a stretch clearly. but I think yeah, the way to, to make that make sense to, to you if you're a 30 something geek yeah. is it's like quantum leap well the thing is that the one thing that confused me was that when he went to the what was meant to be the nice universe with the rat was the fact that <laughs> when he came in he said oh this is uh, Rimmer from he's been dancing skipping and it's like all of a sudden this is just like oh I like the old one mm. and it was like where's he gone yeah. have the old just ahead once to go on like a big wheel so, no, he... jumping forward yeah that's also, one thing I really liked about that scene is, um, A, we get a, um, a referral back when we see Posh Lister uh, collects wires. That's a joke we haven't heard in Red Dwarf for a long time. <laughs> no. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I felt his excitement. Yes, <laughs> I, I did. And the other thing about that is Posh Lister, we last saw in a deleted scene of Red Dwarf 8. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh... So the, it's lovely that finally gets to air the properly. Captain, the, the Captain version uh, in the Captain universe uh, had a moustache as well, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so it's the, the two aspects of the posh Lister character from yeah. Only the Good have been splintered out throughout this episode. So that's enjoyable. I like that. Um, has anyone else got any bigger points to say? Because I feel like there is so much that we haven't talked about. There really yeah. is. There's lots and lots, there is lots to digest in this episode. In this episode. Um, da, 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 da. Are, we all, are we all in agreement that the the jumping about bit at the beginning, the uh, the like the the lift and the stairs and all that yeah. sort of stuff, that was, I really liked that. Yeah. I just yeah, I like the fact that the, the cat had already forgotten his own rule system. Like that's how you know he just decided. Like are you are you crazy? We've, we've totally got to stay here and talk about this thing. It's like you idiot. Um, by the way, the bit uh, with Rimmer and um, sorry, with Rimmer and Crichton the double Michael Jackson joke is one of my favourite <laughs> jokes in the whole series it's really joke. really good it's, and what I love about it as well is it's so specific, it's yeah. not a lazy pop culture reference it's like really sometimes specific. it's a really specific joke it's so specific that it it, it, it troubles a part of my brain that I'd like to switch off but I can't <laughs> that makes me that just my instant reaction is to go but they're from hundreds of years in the future. They won't know the specifics of when Michael Jackson was mental and when he wasn't. But that is what makes it funny. <laughs> I, <right>. think, <laughs> I think you can explain it because Michael Jackson is such a huge figure. 
Mm. He's not just someone who's famous now, but won't be famous in the future. Michael Jackson will be talked about 200, 300, 400 years ago. Uh, years from now. He's I'm like convinced. the Norweb Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Norweb and Michael Jackson, the two things you can and, always relate. And, and it's so lovely that um, you do the 89 Michael Jackson joke and you think that's funny. And then it calls back. There's a beautiful rhythm and structure to that. You don't think for a second it's going to come mm. back. It's lovely. It's really, really good. There was also the Freddie Mercury reference in there as well. Which I didn't get. Can someone explain that one to me? Because I, I didn't, I didn't get it either. Lister um, has set um, Rimmer's passport photo as, this, as the desktop so background yeah. on that console. Yeah. And he's also blue-tacked a bit of kebab to the screen as to a, make him look like Freddie Mercury. As a moustache? Yes. Yeah. I said, <laughs> that's the bit I didn't get. I, right. my I, brain was I, I, heard, that I the... heard that as a Hitler joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have been Hitler. I, I, yeah. Could have been Hitler. <laughs> Hitler, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it was a bit... Yeah. Well, I, I thought that it was Rimmer oh. who thought, oh, it's Freddie Mercury, that's weird, when actually it's Hitler. <laughs> yeah. But someone... <laughs> Is that much it's really open between... to interpretation. Yeah, I mean, the tashes are quite different. There's yeah. not much difference between Freddie Mercury and Hitler, I don't think. <laughs> I, yeah. I think they had contrasting views on homosexuality. I'm not sure. It was very. Yeah, it was a bit of contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should, anyway. should we move on? I've, well, it's just I've been looking online and I've been reading that Hitler's actually I got a bit of a bad rap. <laughs> the more you hear about that guy. Um. Well, my one last sort of major point that I wanted to make, um, which I think we might have already covered a little bit, but the for the final universe, why didn't we see Rimmer's wife or hear more about Rimmer's wife or get some details about Rimmer's wife? Because that mm. felt like time. something. Yeah, yeah time. Of course, again, time. if it was, yeah, was extended to, to forty-five minutes, I was kind of it set up a little. Oh, I wonder where they're going with this. <laughs> but if it had been. Maybe that could have been an opportunity that um, Rimmer was married to Kachansky. But you see, that yeah. wouldn't work because I think if Rimmer was married to Kachansky, he wouldn't leap out of the universe. It's, it's enough of a win. Because he knows that, yeah, that would really yeah. piss Lister off. It's too much of a win. It's, it's quite frustrating, actually, when I see there's, there's just that vision, that image of Red Dwarf, and you can see Earth out of the window mm. and there's something so tantalising about that image of just like we are so close to home right now and yet we're not going to get there and yeah. that's really fucking frustrating because <laughs> you're so close and yet so far because you, you, you're looking and you're just thinking that is the ending shot of, of, of Red Dwarf is yeah. the fact you see Earth Full stop. through the window of a thing and you're like oh we just no no <laughs> pulled away no we're not having it and it's really frustrating um, minor point Earth is not Rimmer's home is it? oh yeah that was, <laughs> that was something I was going to mention as well yeah he's from my right? yeah homish I mean he's close oh, closer he... than they are currently yeah I mean that's where he lived as a child did they move from Earth to Iowa? well apparently he went to St Trembles or maybe in, <laughs> in this universe the Rimmer of this universe grew up on Earth so he's the you can. This it. is this is the great thing about this episode yeah, is that if anything doesn't make sense, you can just say, "Well, it was an alternative universe." Yeah, in that universe. I suppose. But there's always seem to be mentions of like Rimmer as if that he is Earth born rather than yeah. born. There's been more than one, not just this series. No, yeah, there's no. been a couple yeah. of episodes where they've mentioned it. I can't think of any specific examples. You can't be a mem- full member of the golf club then. <laughs> yeah, but That's it's probably it's, not an IO thing. But it's just <laughs> the fact that it's just like they, they keep mentioning it. it's like you, it's like Doug's forgotten that Rimmer's not from Earth. But it could be one of those things, like, in the future, 
when the human race has expanded, everyone, it's, he's, a, he's a human, Rimmer. He's, yeah. he's like colonists, you know, or descended from colonists or whatever. I, it could be a colloquial thing in the future that Earth is still thought of as home, even if you, even if you weren't born on Earth. Mm. Maybe it's one of those things. Like you know, a great hope for the future is that these barriers of nationality and, and creed are broken down, and everyone just sees us all as one big human race, no matter mm. where you're from. Mm. Everyone would still consider Earth home if pe- if there was no sort of nationalities and no. Why would there necessarily be a distinction of oh, you're from Io, you're from wherever? Yeah. Mm. One glorious whole. One glorious hole exactly. with a W. <laughs> um, I think we've just about to come to the end of the big, the big topics. Well, there's probably more that we haven't thought of. Uh, if there is anything else you want us to discuss, then keep your comments coming in via our Spreaker page or by tweeting us at Ganymede Titan. But now, without any further delay, uh, we are going to hear from Skipper's biggest returning guest star, at least in terms of volume. Uh, earlier today. <laughs> Danny, Joe and I travelled to North London to meet up with Mac McDonald to discuss his glorious return to the show. Here is what happened. Sorry, I played the wrong file. (laughs) Uh, So professional. That was going to be a really smooth thing. So, earlier today we we spoke to Mac McDonald. Here's Mac McDonald, fucking hell. So, Mac, yeah. the last time we met, I asked you if you'd ever return to Red Dwarf if you were given the opportunity, uh, and this was a little bit disingenuous of me, as I already knew that you were coming back. Right. Uh, so, how did it all come about? How did you? When did you first get the call? I didn't want to come back. <laughs> they offered me a lot of money, too much money, money I couldn't refuse. <laughs> I think it was like 38 quid. <laughs> um, well, that, in, in, the, in the new Brave... Dave era, that is about half the budget for the series. Yeah, right. right. So you did well. <laughs> right. Uh, what was the question? Uh, how did you become get back involved? Oh, well, yeah, Doug just called me up and said, you want to be in the series 12? And I said, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. So, went and did it, and uh, it was fun. It was a, I think... I may be wrong because my memory is completely crap now, but I think on the day I had one big speech for the thing and I think I'd memorized it all, which for me is a feat of genius because I can't memorize anything. But I did and I got there and Doug goes, sorry, Mac, it's all changed and hands (laughs) me another speech, which has enough similarities into it to completely screw my head up you know what I mean because you're saying almost what you thought you would be saying but not really but lovely them they wrote it all out on a big cue card and (laughs) got it out of shot and got my head angled in the right way so I could read it perfect which is a perfect world (laughs) and um so yeah was the were you there when the audience were there, or was your scene pre-recorded? Pre-recorded. Oh, that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah, I do like to be there on the night. That was a really fun part of doing Series 8, mm. was getting immediate feedback from the audience and uh, you know, just listening to Craig's ad-libs and Chris's, and well, everybody's funny. 
Not as funny as me, but <laughs> pretty funny. And uh, the night's great. When you do a record, you just have fun that night because all the hard work's been done, all the rehearsing's done and stuff, and you can play with it and just have a great time. Yeah. Uh, so you were obviously you were in this scene with Chris, but uh, did you get to catch up with any of the others? Were they all there? Um, who was there? Yes, Danny was there because they were filming something else, uh, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. The last time I saw him was when we did a convention in Australia together right. and flew together down there and got our bags seized at the airport, and I had to go back to the hotel with nothing. Uh, Fun times. Because they lost it. Great. So... I don't know why I even brought that up, but <laughs> anyway, Danny was there, <coughs> and um, Craig was possibly there. You'd think I'd remember that, because Craig's always memorable, but my memory's just getting worse and worse. I'm making myself sound like pre-Alzheimer's here, right? <laughs> just leaning on that no memory thing. Well, you know, it, it has been 30 years of, of Red Dwarf. It's, yeah. it's a long time. Is that to, to actually? Are we coming up to an anniversary or something? I think in terms of in terms of when you would have been filming series one, we're probably already past thirty years. But the first episode right. was fifteenth February eighty eight, so that's, okay. that's thirty years in a couple of months. Right. So after yeah, so I guess after being away from Red Dwarf for so long, because series eight was was ninety eight ninety nine when you were filming that. Right. Um, was it easy for you to to slip straight back into the character? Yeah. I mean, I am him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> really, there's not much difference there. Yeah. I just had to put on different clothes. <laughs> you look very smart, it has to be said. In the show? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant now. No, not now, Made obviously. an effort. You look awful now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. And they, I think they just really duplicated everything, you know, from the last one. They're great on continuity and, um, you know making things really sit in people's minds easily because that's that's a really important thing when you're doing comedy is never have the audience going ooh he wasn't wearing that the last time I saw him what's this new patch I've never seen that and all that and they don't laugh mm. you know I mean, the last thing you ever want to do is make the audience think big big thank you to Mac McDonald for talking to us and for being so brilliant and lovely as usual um, our conversation went on for far far longer than the taster that you've heard tonight and we'll be releasing the full uncut version as a standalone dwarf cast next week yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> didn't tell them to do that <laughs> uh, now while you're reeling from that news it's uh, time for you to start showing us your small points uh, so if there are any minor details from Skipper that we've not yet mentioned, leave us a comment now. And while we're doing that, we might as well whap our own small points onto the table. Um, Mac was talking at the end of that interview there, or at the end of that portion of the interview rather, about how um, the continuity was good uh, between the old series and, and, this, and the recreations here, and that the fans would have no cause to sort of get tied up in discussing the minor little changes of, you know, little tiny changes between the costumes and that, you know, there's no need for the fans to go into that kind of detail. So, uh, <laughs> why was Rimmer's H so big? <laughs> it was, why is it, it so big? It's massive, massive. and great big. 
I don't think it was a bad thing. It was no, just, if it anything, was more like exaggeration. Going, it used to be quite big on his yeah. forehead. Like, do you remember how big it used to be? And then, like, just sort of almost accentuated. You know? Maybe they're kind of compensating a bit because as Chris's hairline recedes, his forehead gets bigger. <laughs> So maybe they've made the H bigger so that proportionally it's taking up the same amount of forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, who who else has a small point? Danny should go. No, I don't. Because I keep nicking Danny's. Oh, there was there is a small point, but it's it's such it's a bit of a niggle more than anything else. There's a bit of ADR when Rimmer first jumps onto the ship and he's saying, "Oh, this is just Red Dwarf. This is so weird," and the dialogue doesn't quite match his. um, It just it's it's definitely after. You know, ADR. Yeah, it just, it just looks a bit off, and it feels very body swap. I think way. there's a little bit of it in the scene with between Rimmer and Hollister as well. Uh, not only that, when I was looking at it, and I don't know whether it's true on all versions, the whole thing looks slightly out of sync to me. Hollister's dialogue all looks slightly out of sync on just, the UK just TV. Just on that scene, yeah, yeah, just on that scene. The rest of it was fine, but um, Hollister's dialogue looked like it was slightly out of sync, and I that seemed weird to me. I don't know whether anyone else saw that. No, yeah. Right, okay. uh, that's why I said it. Oh, on <laughs> yeah. the whole, yeah, <laughs> on the whole thing. Uh, Joel, you had a small point. I have a small point. So, um, Lister's reason for not using the device is that he is the last human being in the universe. In that universe, mm. is he? Does that mean <laughs> Kachansky's dead now? Are we say well, yeah. Plus, like various other humans that they've come across at various points, like. Can we still say he's the last human being alive? It's kind of having your cake and eating it, really, because over the last few years, really, the Dave era, it's a phrase that we've used a lot, populated universe, all of a sudden. And yeah, even in this series, you know, there's been... That that station in in Cured has been there the whole time, um, with one of them as a human, wasn't he? Telford. Telford as a human, at least. all the people from Time Wave, like, we're not actually sure what happened to them at the end, but yeah. we don't really care because they're all shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but definitely Kachansky is supposed to be still out there. Yeah. Uh, small points. Um, I just wanted to to mourn the fact, really, that again, in a in a last episode of a series. Uh, you can hear Seb Patrick on the bloody <laughs> in the bit where Lister shows Rimmer into the bunk room yeah. and it cuts to a wide shot and the audience kind of reacts. The one voice that you can hear above all of this going, oh, <laughs> is very clearly the Scouse website editor himself, Seb Patrick. Um, there was a really, there, there was just a small point, but not really a thing, just more of a more of an interesting thing when uh, Lister says, oh, another thing that Lister, uh, Crichton says, oh, you can't possibly live in a universe without me. Well, and then he's like, don't, like, that, that wire's live. Don't, 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 don't suck don't that. Suck that. <laughs> don't suck that. <laughs> um, another potential, uh, is, uh, my last of my small points, a potential, um, another back reference. I'm not sure. When he jumps to the universe where he's about to be sacrificed, and the that others, was weird. the others are hanging over him in cloaks, are they going om? Oh, are I'm... they singing the om song? And is that why we've had so many references to the om song in this series to seed that? Oh, I don't know. I just I just <coughs> put it down as like just they're just doing chanting. general chanting. Yeah. But I think like but maybe they are um, it, it might be that they're deliberately doing the om song because they are Maybe. going om if it had been listed uh, I don't know 
know. Any more small points in the room? I have a small point. Yes. Okay, so they spend half the bloody episode doing the stuff where they figure out that whatever they say, the opposite thing is going to happen. Mm. And then in the scene afterwards, you have Crichton saying, I've been trying to create a portable device that allows the user to quantum skip to other universes. Surely then, Crichton hasn't been trying to invent a device that quantum skips to other universes, (laughs) and the episode ends. (laughs) Well, that's probably why it doesn't work properly. (laughs) Also... Oh yeah, this is the thing we haven't mentioned about the yeah, quantum skipper. Yeah, <laughs> it's both just occurred to me and Danny at the same time. How come the first time he uses it, it takes ages to recharge, and then that doesn't happen in any of the subsequent times that he uses nope. it? it <laughs> no, it, are you talking yeah. about the montage? Yeah. It, oh, well, wait a minute. It, because it, some bits of those montage you can excuse as being the show just putting it together yeah. a montage, but some of it, yeah, you. Some can't, of it, he oh. appears. He appears in the sacrifice scene and then yeah, does it straight yeah, away. Yeah. I think it would have been better if they hadn't have said, like that it will take char- time to charge up every time. It might. Like yeah. it may take time to charge up each time, and mm. then because then he'd be like, "Oh, it's not working this time, the first time." Yeah, but yeah, it did work true. like another time. Um, but again, I think if we'd have had a longer episode, then that wouldn't have been so much of an issue. Yeah. Um, I'll just mention this because someone's going to come with a really good uh, headcanon. The radiation leak overcharged the skipper. I like that as an explanation. absolutely fine. I'm happy with that. Uh, Theo Pollard. Uh, Theo. Theo Pollard mentioned that, yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's head to the internet and, uh, and look at some of their small points. Pendo. Uh, Pendo small point. <laughs> uh, it's tying into what we were just talking about, about why Lister doesn't want to skip universes because he's the last human being alive and has responsibilities. That explains why he will he never stays on alternative Earths, such as Twentica that they find. Mm. That's why he always goes back, is, you know, an extra yeah. reason. And backwards as well. Um, small point from Curtis Threadgold. Uh, Rimmer achieves Lister's dream of getting back to Earth, and Lister achieves Rimmer's dream of becoming captain. It isn't properly acknowledged, but it feels right as a potential final episode. That's a, an angle that I hadn't seen. Mm. They'd both have been happy with what each other one had. Mm. Yeah. A wife and four kids is like it's something that Lister would want as well. Mm. Although he did have a wife, and she was a stripper, and that was a reason for Rimmer to be less jealous for some reason. Mm. But let's probably skim over that point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Ben Saunders says uh, his small point is that you can see Norman Lovett loving the shit out of being back and that that was quite nice Um, small point from Tim Shaw Rimmer as Holly oh yeah that's just something we have mentioned Rimmer as Holly oh (laughs) yeah that was was weird I like that I take my point about that is that it makes the um, the video for Danny John Jules' 1993 version of Tongue Tied canon. <laughs> because in that, um, Chris Barry wasn't available as the same day as most of the others. So he appeared with Norman, Hattie and Charles Organs as a Hollyhead on the screen. And finally, it's <laughs> become true. <laughs> could, you, could you do uh, the episode where everyone's Holly? Yeah, uh, well, no, because... The, the acronym for that wouldn't be as good as Tawek. It would be Tawek, <laughs> which Tawek. is too close to Tawi. That, that is, Tawek. of course, the Tawek. exact reason. Yes. Yeah, so let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Another small point from Pendo is that Rimmer's farewell speech reminded him of Hollow Ship, only shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. 
Uh, Nick, an interesting small point. Um, there was a cheer as Holly came on the screen, both before the break and after the break. Yeah. yeah. The, it'll be interesting. This is this will be one for you, John, when you do your um, series twelve yes, break placement yes, analysis. Indeed. Uh, because yeah, that's going to have to be very different for the DVD when the um, when the ad break is removed. Yeah. Well, yes, and there's a query there as to which is the correct audience reaction, which is the one that happened. Did it actually get two cheers? Yes. In that case, then I might just leave it in. I think basically it was more of a case of there was multiple takes, and I think people were a bit overexcited about the whole thing, so I... therefore they ran it again straight after. Because if I remember rightly. Rimmer's stuff was done pre-record, but the cutaway stuff to Holly was done live for the audience because Norman was there on the night. Norman was. But I there, don't remember. Yeah. We know that Norman was definitely there on the night because he signed a clapperboard. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because he was up be Norman was up behind where the audience was sat, um, sort of like. Up above, there was like a, a black turned off section, and he was up oh, there. Okay. Um, so behind the audience, so he's kind of close to everyone actually. Um, but I can't remember now. You're, I'm, I'm, you're planting memories into my head, Danny, <laughs> and I don't know what's maybe, true maybe anymore. Maybe it was, maybe it was shot with, with, with. Because there was there was there a costume change? I can't remember anymore. I think, no, the... I feel like he must have done it because they had him on the they had him on the screen. Like that's right. Because uh, Paul saying he didn't realize it was live till he came afterwards, and I think that's right. Because I think that maybe it was Chris and Norman were doing their bit with a TV live feed, and it was shown with the cameras and everything. Yeah. And then it was and then it, that looked like a pre-record, but then we realized it wasn't because yeah. Norman was there. That might be why I'm getting confused. Well, when yeah. I when I do write my series twelve ad breaks article, that surely has to be the best cliffhanger the show's had since mm. since Here's it's Holly. come back. Here's Holly, come back for Holly, won't you? Yeah, I mean, we everyone already knew that Holly was going to be back, but <laughs> but you know, outside you, you can't really factor that in when you're making your decision about how you structure the show because the show has to stand on its own, mm-hmm. and yeah, and also once you see him. Then yeah. it's then you're still intrigued, even if you know it's coming. Yeah. Um, there are more small points to come. Uh, James has pointed out uh, that we see Rimmer sorting his own wire collection right yes. at the start of the yes. episode. I, ah, so, I think yeah, it occurred to us. We at, really the, at the first time I saw that, I thought he was trying to fix something, and then I realised on second viewing that the box had property of our Rimmer on the box. Yeah. And therefore yeah. I was like, oh, it's the wire collection because I've seen the thing that he mentioned the wire collection. I yes. Didn't, I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think that was important until later. Yeah. It rewards repeated viewing. It does. But I. I quite like that because it's just it's a it's a kind of throwaway thing yeah. because obviously the like posh lister mentions it later, yeah. but it's not like uh, when crying comes along, Rimmer's like I'm just organising my wire collection like, <laughs> to flag it's, it or anything. Yeah, it's, it's, just... it's a lot more subtle than Rimmer's uh, lamp in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'll, I'll just I'm carry not... this thing around with me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never <mentioned laughs> you've never before, seen this ever. before. But... Uh, Daryl has a small point. Uh, he says that this is the first and only original Howard Goodall music cue since Siliconia is used in this episode. Uh, the Muzak in the posh Listerverse oh. is uh, an original Howard. And yeah, that's been. We've heard sort of. Yeah, that there hasn't been as much original Howard stuff used in this series, although he did. He made enough for it to be featured on a 
to do a, a series 12 album in the same way you did a series 11 one but a lot mm. of it hasn't made the cut mm. i must admit i'm not a great expert on being able to spot exactly which bits of music is where but danny is and, and daryl is as well so well, i'll take daryl's word for on, it. on on the on the subject of fucking music cues <laughs> how on earth can you possibly do it again where they've used the wrong cue first yeah. and the right cue afterwards it's like just for a bit of context in case people haven't heard this is the either the fifth or sixth episode in a row that has started with a shot of red dwarf and a particular music cue it's the same one every week yeah. uh, that was originally used in series one but in the middle of an episode yeah to, to denote jeopardy or that the, there's, like a, there's, a ongo- yeah, there's an ongoing situation yeah that's like a yeah it's an uncertainty about the situation that's what that's meant to do and then the next one that they use in the episode is what should be the establishing shot and it wouldn't it's just it sounds weird it, it, it just it's fucking flipped yeah, around it's, it's, it's feels, it feels like they've forgotten what those cues were designed for in the first place let's be honest yep. that's what it feels like it's I don't just, know whether yeah. that's true but it feels like they've forgotten that those cues were designed for very specific reasons yeah. and I don't think I think they don't seem to realise that maybe they do and it's deliberate but it doesn't feel like they do oh it's just so frustrating because it's such an easy fix it's such an easy fix. Um, we have the same small point has been posted three times by the same person. Um, to which the obvious question is, why have you combined one opinion into three? <laughs> uh, is Alex, which I think might actually be that guy. <laughs> now that I think about it. But Alex's small point is, I wonder what anyone who has never watched the episode before think of this episode. Will it just come across as pandering to the long-term fans? Yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care. I don't think there's there's real. There must be some people, but I don't think there's that many people coming to series. You know, episode six of series twelve of something, watching no. that and that be yeah. their first experience of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the show should deliberately make itself no, you know, not accessible. But I think it goes into what we were saying last week when we were talking about back references last week because we weren't, we weren't quite aware of how many back references there would be this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it shows confidence, really, and it's, it's part of how the show has been experienced in the last ten years or so since it's been repeated on Dave. Even when Dave weren't making new episodes, they were still repeating new episodes. Well, and so I don't, I don't think there's many people that have that have seen a bit of Red Dwarf uh, anymore, I think people who are watching the new series have seen lots of yeah. Old Red Dwarf. I don't think there's people that are, uh, that are coming to this fresh. It's fascinating how different a different situation we're in now, where for years you couldn't even see series one mm. very easily, and all yeah. of a sudden, not only can you see series one ridiculously easy, but we can now start doing recreations of sets that we only saw in series yes. one. <laughs> Yeah, you're in a totally different situation. When the, when the magazine was coming out, and that was, and the comic strip adaptation of the end was the first time most people had experienced the end. It's weird. Um, I have a small point which may be stealing one of your small points, as it's something that we discussed. Um, oh, fine. Oh, I love running out of small points. So. Oh, well, <laughs> in which case you've forgotten the small point okay. that we discussed <laughs> earlier. Um, there was something missing from the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, which may well be fixed on broadcast, we're not sure, but there was no um, reference to Charles passing away. Mm. Oh, yeah. I found a bit... Which, odd. yeah, the, the the precedent has been set, really. 
uh, with Joe Howard getting a mention at the end of uh, Trojan and yeah. Peter Rag at the end of the beginning. Mm-hmm. We were kind of expecting that at some point in the series that there'd be a, a little a little slide caption uh, dedication to Charles. Yeah. But there wasn't. Um, certainly not one uh, as part of the episode because what we see on UK TV play is the episode. Maybe yeah. it could be something that's done in TX on yeah. Thursday. It might well be. Um, but it's usually bolted onto the actual episode, yes. isn't it? With Red Dwarf. Yeah. And I've worked on programmes mentioning no channels yes. <laughs> or no programmes where we have done exactly that. And there was one particular instance on a weekend where someone very, very famous died and a show they were involved with um, mm. was being broadcast on the Sunday. And so on the Saturday, we had to get creative in to make up a caption. And then we literally bolted it together and in the playlist bolted it on after the programme, faded down, faded up, job done. But this isn't one of those times. Say, it's, it's, it's so you'd, you'd long. Ex- you'd expect that to happen when someone dies in between production and broadcast or if it's for a repeat or something and, and they've recently died. You'd expect that to be added on during the transmission process. Uh, can... But for a show where you know Charles died several months ago now, it could have, it could perhaps be that they'd finished delivering twelve before yeah. Charles died, yeah. uh, because we know that they edited eleven and twelve back to back. So it could have been yeah. that they'd already delivered the episode, but you can re-deliver it. You can re-deliver it. I mean, well, there, yeah. there are episodes that are re-delivered two days um, before TX because they're changing the credits. Mm. It happens all the time. I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, I hope that it's just something that's been overlooked because I think we like obviously. Anyone that's watched the documentaries yes. knows that um, things weren't all um, hunky-dory between um, Charles and Doug. Um, but I kind of think, you know, Charles Armitage was a big part of Red Dwarf. Huge. For so many years. Yeah. And I think it would be a huge shame if, the, if there isn't something. So hopefully it's just an oversight that mm. they'll be able to fix for broadcast if they've not already thought of that, that yeah. is. Um but yeah, Rick Mail got a lovely little caption after the CBBC show Who Let the Dogs Out because he did the um, the narration mm. for it. Uh, and that was a lovely little thing to see. Oh. I've got a, a, a point, but it's something that I need to prompt you for, Ian. Um, okay. There is a shift in balance that I think you need to mention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This uh, episode marks, uh, this was the 71st episode, hang on, have I got my math right? 71. Yes. Yeah. This was the 71st episode of Red Dwarf. No, it was the 73rd episode of Red Dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, mate. Uh, So there have now been 36 episodes written by Rob and Doug, and 37 episodes written by Doug and not Rob. Some of those with Paul Alexander or Robert Levine, etc., but... Yeah, there is now more Doug Dwarf than there is non than there is Robin Doug Dwarf. Non That's weird. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Did we ever think? Like when in nineteen ninety nine when there was then no more Red Dwarf for ten years, <laughs> there was no way we'd have thought that that balance would ever tip. It it felt like for so many years that the bits without Rob were just the kind of weird tagged on bit at the end. Yeah. But now there is more stuff without Rob than there is with Rob. I just remember when we when we last saw Sir end of uh, out of time and thought, well, that's probably it. Then there's probably not going to be any more Red Dwarf. And then I mentioned about series <laughs> seven. Would you ever have thought we'd have got to series twelve? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. 
Yeah. That is weird. There's not a, there's a dozen series of Red Dwarf. Well, one of them's only a little one, but that's only a little one. Yeah, bloody hell. Crazy. Well done, I'd say. <laughs> and, and also well done us for still being around. Because <laughs> man, we, we were supposed to give all that shit up about ten years ago. <laughs> Let's not start signaling each other's cocks just yet. Um, there has been there's been a small bit of some news uh, today. There wasn't going to be a, a some news section, but as I've already spunked the jingle earlier, <laughs> we might as well. Uh, there's an, a, a very brief bit of some news. <laughs> And some news is that the DVD cover has been released it's on us. TOS today. Um, the The main front cover looks as we kind of expected it to look because it was a version that went up on Amazon quite a while ago now. Oh, yeah. yeah, we didn't really know if it was a placeholder. Yeah, we didn't know if it was official. But um, yeah, it's the four it's the four of them is Crichton. It's kind of the first main publicity picture that we saw of the series. Yeah. And it's, it's weird in modern dwarf... Uh, as much as a president can be set with only there have been two series before but yeah that it's it's an unusual group shot on the front rather than a more conventional one because the the second picture that got released was a more conventional that group more shot more looking one yeah. with the kind of the teleporter system yeah. that, looked, that looked like a more conventional that looked idea. what i assumed would be used as the default one yeah uh for posters etc and it was yeah the tube posters and the bus stop posters were that weren't they but yeah for the dvd they've gone for the Crichton picture yeah. And then on the reverse side of that is uh, the science room, uh, is the is the shot. It's very blue, it's very uh, which uh, series eleven was also blue, but then the set is blue, and this, the si- <laughs> the science room is the the set that is used quite a lot in this series and, yeah. and yeah. hasn't been used on a DVD before. So and also the it's uh, a different shade of blue. I think the spine, the series number spine. on the spine is black rather than uh, white, is, yeah. which is sort of like a weird. Flick, Norman is on Norman's on the spine, yeah, which makes that the second time he's oh, been yeah. on the spine. So I was I was wondering whether it should have been Torquay perhaps or Hitler. <laughs> I think maybe they couldn't go with Hitler. Maybe not Hitler. Now, something if, if that DVD cover is right, I've just seen something over 140 minutes. Of... Yes, that was my next point. Oh, sorry, uh, that's 50 minutes more than series 11. Yeah, and on the on the series 11 one, it says 90 minutes of extras. Now I Ooh. think. <clears throat> that the reason why there aren't many deleted scenes on the Series 11 disc is because they were pulled out and put into Series 12 mm. as extra scenes because we've obviously seen that Samsara had some stuff lifted and we've seen some stuff from Officer Rimmer lifted and it was moved into another episode yeah. mm. and they've been swapped about. So I reckon the deleted scenes were kept because they weren't deleted scenes. They were actually reused elsewhere. So that's and so they might be... appear. I was about to say, yeah. is that we're going to get them now? So we might well, get deleted scenes perhaps, stuff that was, yeah. perhaps some of them. Uh, however, having now seen the whole of Series 12, there was not a scene where Crichton playing a saxophone in the Lady Be Good Club was reused, and that wasn't on the DVD, so... Yeah. No, hopefully they might... I don't know, I don't know, this is very much wishful thinking, but obviously I'm hoping that the, the documentary is, if not a bit longer than the last one, but that's... I don't well, know what the extra 50 there's, minutes are. There's, there's an extra 50 minutes somewhere. 50. It could be that the documentary is longer. It could be either kind of in response to the criticism of the last one, or just that there was... There's a longer story to tell this time for whatever reason. Like, there's more that they can talk about. There's more to talk about. Mm. It could be that there's some extra stuff because we're assuming that it's just smeg ups, deleted scenes, and documentary are the only extras. But there's been no announcement as to what the extras are yet, mm. and it hasn't turned up on BBFC either because I've been refreshing BBFC. <laughs> <laughs> um, there could be some extra features. There could be uh, 
we, there won't be commentaries because we'd have heard if there were commentaries by now because the guys yeah. would have tweeted that they were doing commentaries or Doug would have. But you know, yeah, there could be uh, more model shots type things. It could be more <clears> like extended interviews, whatever, like trailers, press stuff. It could all just add up to more. I would very much like a, a HD version of the Series One model shot. I'll tell you the weird thing um, with series 11 because I wasn't you know massively keen on quite a lot of the episodes and wasn't really feeling it then I didn't really care that much about the extras but I really want to see everything I can about MCOR <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm really really interested and all of a sudden my mind has clicked right back into oh I hope there's this about MCOR I hope there's that about MCOR because I'm not that interested in the extras unless I really, really like something. Mm. But I like M-Core so much that I've finally got right back into wanting the extras on it to be interesting. But then uh, Series 7 and 8 were shit, but the extras were worth getting excited for there. True, but I But then there's the whole thing of it being retrospective rather than... Um, That's true, but also I watch different stuff now than I did when those... DVDs were released. That's if true. if series seven and eight were released now, I wouldn't be as excited about those extras as I was when they were released. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's about it that we've got to say on the DVD. Um, do you remember weeks ago we were told that there'd be a Red Dwarf twelve game? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's series twelve's come and gone now. Where is it? Give us a game. Give us a game, mate. Well, we only series... got two thirds of the last game. Technically, <laughs> so the series twelve is not finished. Oh, that's yet. true. It's not been on day. Well, they've got six days to get their shit together, or I'm blowing game digits sky high. Just like if the police are listening, I'm not. Joke, 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 joke. Joe, Joe, Joe's gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, well, maybe we'll get that. Maybe we won't. Maybe that's been forgotten about. Uh, be nice to be told. Nice to hear something about it from some party. I don't know. Uh, so before we uh, before we wrap up, um, should we try and sort of make sense of the series as a whole? Uh, obviously, we'll be doing as usual. We'll be doing a semi-retrospective look back at some point when when it's time to look back. <laughs> But now it's time to sort of look slightly to the side, not all the way back, because it's only just finished. I we said a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, that because Time Wave was so bad, <laughs> that that being the main reason that that Twelve was on a sort of precipice, uh, where if if Mcore and Skipper were great, then it would make the series good. If they weren't, it would make the series bad overall on an average. And I would say that thankfully, uh, after Time Wave, it's been up, up, up. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. There've been three, in my opinion, great episodes after after Time Wave. Three of the better Dave era episodes, full stop. Mm-hmm. And that has made for me series twelve good <laughs> overall, <laughs> which is all you can ask for, really. Better than average, <laughs> uh, but possibly surpassing series eleven and ten for me. Um, you you really have to take Time Wave out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, but if it, if it was five episodes long and Time Wave wasn't one of them, I would say that it was absolutely brilliant. But with it being there, I have to caveat it a bit. I I think I have to say Twelve is my favourite day series just because of Encore. Yeah. It's just it's just it's, it's that's it. It's it. just it lifts it the whole thing for me. Um, any series that had Encore in would be 
uh, the series that was my favourite. Mm. Mm. I think what we can possibly all agree on is something that someone mentioned on um, on GNT yesterday, the day before, um, that this is um, in a hypothetical world where the VHSs are still being released in bytes. <laughs> series Series Twelve Byte Two would probably be the strongest tape, yeah, of the Dave era. Yeah, yeah. The, those three episodes. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah, for, like for me, I. I enjoyed Cured. I mean, obviously, I saw it in film, so maybe I'm slightly biased. I like on I it, like but, Cured. Um, I like Cured. I like a Cured, lot. and I Ryan like engaged. Cured. I thought it was really good. And then the next episode, I felt wasn't as good as that. The next episode was definitely <laughs> not as good as that. And then it started going up. So, like, my opinion is like in a tick shape. Yeah, a, I, a I would say. Um, and then yeah because I like I think let's say I, I liked um, Skipper the most out of all of them um, so definitely from from Time Wave um, it kind of it, it goes up and I and I can kind of just forget that that exists I think <laughs> I think that might be for the best yeah <laughs> it's a bit like the nursery rhyme for me isn't it? when it was good it was very very good <laughs> and when it was bad it was it, horrid it was Time Wave <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, time wave. <laughs> so, <laughs> that exists, doesn't it? Let's no, not linger. No, it doesn't. It doesn't in Joe's head. No. So everything's <laughs> fine there. Um, yes. Uh, fuck. I, I had some. I had something really incisive to say, but it's completely gone. Um, so, yeah, D- Danny, we haven't spoken to you over the course of the series as much as we'd like to. So we haven't really got your opinions on on twelve on the record very much. Okay. So how are you, how are you thinking about the thing as a whole? Well, I remember when when I was hearing back when everyone had been to the audience screens everything that they, they they the reports came back that season twelve was really weird. Mm. And although it's it does have its moments, it's not as weird as I kind of We'd, it ended up ended up being a lot more grounded than I was expecting. But there was some really weird, really bold ideas being thrown out and obviously Doug's gone right I need to do this episode where everyone's crying somehow I need to do this now I do this one I do this episode I want to get this out of my head I want to get this out of my head and he's kind of just cleared his backlog of stuff and season 12 seemed the best opportunity for him to just get ahead and just get rid of the stuff that's been sat on him for such a long time so it's going to be interesting now to see where he goes from here because mm. we've done the sort of the fan service series which is what this feels like and then it's, it feels like as if now we can just go on with just genuine new stuff. Well, we, not that we haven't had new stuff, but I, yeah, it's 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 definitely an upward trend for me in terms of sort of going ten, uh, sorry, ten, ten, eleven, twelve. Mm. It's definitely an upward trend. It's got a couple of dips in it, but yeah. Um, but on the whole, it's definitely an upward trend, and, and I'm so happy. I'm so so happy that we've got episodes like. I really even Macrocracy, which is a politically based show, and I'm not a particularly politically based person, but like Macrocracy and Emcourt and Skipper are three really good episodes back to back, and I'm just yeah. so happy that we've got this kind of this positive end that we well, didn't thank, have with Eleven. I was, so. good, I was about to say, thank God we've ended on a high because after Series Eleven ended with with uh, what was it called? <laughs> 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 of worms. Even, even though we'd had good episodes in, in Crisis and Officer Rimmer before it, because it ended on such a damp squib, it was like, oh. Mm. Kind of put a cloud over the whole 
the whole series in our minds, really. But I'm coming to the end of 12 now and thinking, fucking, let's have some more. Well, also, the, it's really interesting, the last three episodes of 12. So you got a very politically-based episode. Yeah. Uh, then you've got um, a very uh, kind of um, socially, uh, you know... How would you describe it? It's kind, of satire kind of, and satire. Yeah, logic. societal satire. Satire, exactly, societal satire. And then you've got your kind of timey, wimey, wibbly wobbly universe jumping. Yeah, it's three very different things that Red Dwarf's done throughout the years, and it's kind of a nice mix. Mm. Uh, despite the fact that I don't like the final <laughs> scene of Encore, yeah. buttered against this. But in general, <laughs> it's three very different kind of episodes, which is good. I'm, I'm just frustrated. I'm, I. I would be coming out of this series um, on a real high if I'd felt they'd sold the Rimmer character stuff at the end of the episode, mm. and I, I just don't think they did. And so for me, I'm kind of frustrated because it feels like the episode, the series is building and building and building, getting better and better, and it gets to the final kind of five minutes, and it's like, and that's really, really frustrating. Yeah. It really, really annoyed me because I just feel like they were nearly there, and then they just fell over yeah and I'm I'm frustrated at that oh well <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> but uh, I think I think yeah I think the consensus is that it's it's been well it's definitely been a worthwhile process I think it's been very much fun uh, for us uh, and for for us doing this stuff this dwarf casts and, and our coverage and everything and I think it's been fun for a lot of people joining in and and being part of the community that, that exists around Red Dwarf. That that's what always makes a new series of Red Dwarf the most important thing. You know. At any time when new Red Dwarf is on the telly is the most important thing in my life. Sorry Joe, but it is. Um what <laughs> and and it's the community that makes it such I think. Yeah. You, you read too? Um, I just have uh, been um, taking note of the comments um, while you were talking because I never listened to you. Okay. Um, and people are talking about the confirmed live show. Can <laughs> we say that he didn't confirm it? Like, if you read the article, he didn't confirm it. He said he'd like he to do it. He wants to. <laughs> um, maybe we could do it in, like, the O2 Arena. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I've heard Jimmy Hill's going to sell out the O2 Arena <laughs> as well. It's not confirmed. Can we just stop that now? I think it's, it's confirmed in the same sense that, you know, I confirmed that I'm going to Barbados because I'd really like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And um, there's some rumours flying around that you know series thirteen has been commissioned and they've just not told us yet. Uh, like I don't, I don't doubt the people's who said they've got reliable sources that, that happens. I've, I've got no. Oh fuck off! I'm going to ban. Oh Alex, Alex from the, just go. Sorry, away. I'm just going to ban Alex from the chat. Hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, like, I don't doubt that series thirteen could well happen. And that UK TV wants it to happen, and that Doug wants it to happen, and the cast wants it to happen. But let's just um, let's just hold off and wait for some yeah. confirmation before we all get too excited. Um, I think that is it for tonight, and indeed for the series. Uh, so if you missed any of the show, it'll be available for download on www.ganymede.tv and all good podcast feeds on Saturday. Uh, our series twelve coverage will continue with my very own in-depth written review of Skipper which will be published early next week. Before we move on to such delights as DVD releases, extras, and the Series 12 game, if that ever materialises. Plus, there's also the small matter of the 30th anniversary coming up next year, 
and we'll be marking the occasion with the Pearl Pole, which will be coming your way soon. Uh, our next live Dwarfcast will be on the 15th of February 2018, but there'll hopefully be one or two more non-live ones before then. Uh, but for now, all that remains is to thank our guest, Joe Sharples, along with everyone who's listened along and chatted live, both tonight and throughout the series. It says here in my script, say something sincere. Uh, so <laughs> I'd, I'd forgotten that was coming up. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, really, that this, uh, as I've just kind of touched on, this series has been so much fun. And with with Series 11, uh, from a G&T perspective, we were a bit under strength because some people selfishly decided that they wanted to spend some time in intensive care, <laughs> nearly dying. <laughs> and so that kind of had an impact on us. We didn't cope very well with the whole UK TV play thing. <laughs> uh, uh, and so by the by the time we got to the end of Series 11, we'd, we'd just kind of overworked ourselves and we were like, oh, fuck this, I, I need a rest now. Here I feel like... I could go on for quite some time. <laughs> I wish there was more Series 12 next week. I wish we were doing another live Dwarfcast next week. I really enjoyed these Friday nights, these yeah. last six. Yeah. And it was it was always a risk to put it out on a Friday night because some people have got lives. But thankfully, we've got enough people on GMT <laughs> who want to, to spend their Friday nights sitting and listening to us bollock on from our living room in Ealing and chat along and join in on Spreaker and, and tweet us during the week. And the comments on GNT this year, you know, there's been hundreds and hundreds of comments for each episode, and it's been really lovely, really heartwarming to see. Uh, and so, thank you, everyone. Um, oh. I would actually, at this point, I would also, I think, I think Ian actually needs uh, some sort of <laughs> congratulations because he's basically been the rock of this last six weeks. Yep, yeah. Putting together and sorting out all the guests and sorting out all the speakers and, yeah. and sorting out all the ideas and the adverts and everything. And really, very bravely carrying on after we got. Stuck in stupid traffic. Yeah. We have had some issues. Yes. <laughs> a stupid person um, stabbed someone. And also yeah. figuring out how to make this work when none of us can make the first week, yes. which is seriously one of the most ridiculous things that has ever happened. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, um, I think I think Ian deserves a little tiny round of applause. Everyone, yeah. uh, not too loud because people will complain with their headphones. Can, can I can I just say something very very sincere? Yes. You know the line, that power line is live, it's best not to suck it. Yes. Doesn't that mean that Lister would then suck it? Oh. Anyway. Oh, don't ruin one of my oh, favourite lines. Oh, oh, God. God. Right, we need, we're going to end now before John ruins everything else. Uh, so, yeah, all that remains is to say Ed, bye, but once again, you know what they say, finish on a song. Now I have the time of my life I never felt like this before Yes, I swear It's a truth And I owe it all to you Cause I the time of my life And I owe it all to you It appears they were testing a cure for evil, sir Rupert Murdoch not responding to treatment Selfie! I can't jam with you, okay? It's because I'm Hitler, isn't it? I mean, having to put a whole load of ramps all over Red Dwarf, what a giant pain that would be. And even if it did stand for Adolf, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is mine. Oh, no, that it is mine. How was that for a pokey face, huh?
Sorry to disturb your rimmering, sir. Hey, let's alert. And you will see these brutes for what they really are. People you should despise. We, we don't, don't have funny-shaped heads. Our heads are sensibly shaped. We solder my circuit boards and call me Gerald. Let your old lives go, sirs. Join me and become a MILF. You're our science officer, our cook, my mum, who just happens to do all the smeggy jobs. Just remember... competitive at St. Trembles. I am a fruit, a lovely fruit. Let me play the fruit. I love your accent. We're not doing any criticising this evening. We're going to be flattered in your wife's droopy-ass titties. Looks like something from that TV show when circumcision's gone wrong. The most important thing was to spit on her wrist. She always told me that... You're demoted. What about you? You're having a laugh, Mike. Come on. No one likes you, especially you're running me. This commercial was approved by Arnold J. Rimmer. A man who wiped out the crew of Red Dwarf and killed himself twice. I personally believe the exact same thing you believe. Would you like some toast? Would you like some toast? Would you like... updates of when you're likely to die. Uh, yes, please, man. Can you see this? I'm really crap at computer games, so you will always beat me. It's a match made in heaven. Who did you share your first kiss with? I'll type this. Uncle Frank. For a limited time only, we're having a sale on fire extinguishers. We'd like to buy a malicious virus that will shut you down and allow us to escape. Just to stop singing. Quite bright. I'm making you coffee. Look at you, Can Mr. Lister and Mr. Cat please make their way to the science room? Mr. Peterson, nobody, nobody is dead, Arnold. I tripped into this escape pod. Yo, Craddy, where am I dinner at? I spotted a faulty drive plate. It was up, up, up the ziggurat lickety split. I can't live here. And Ed bye everybody. Ed, Ed bye. bye.
Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Folks, today is a day for both sadness and joy. Sadness because you've just listened to Ganymede and Titan's Dwarfcast. And joy because it's now finished.